Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. How long will you drive your car with the check engine light on? Ooh. I've never had a vehicle where the check engine light was off. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... I, that's how I know it's running. <laughs> I thought that was just the engine was on. That that means it's on. That's right. Um, boy, I, I've I freely admit I'm a moron when it comes to the inner workings mm. of an engine, uh, and so check engine could mean anything mm. uh, to me. From and, and it, sometimes it does. Like it can mean anything from your gas isn't tight enough to like serious issues, right? Yeah. And, and so like you know, I think. For me, the first thing I do is tighten the gas cap because I've had that problem go off before. Uh, and then beyond that, it's usually I've got to I, I've got to maybe a couple of days before I make the call to the mechanic. Yeah, I know so little about cars. If my check engine light comes on, I, I put air in the tires. That's how little I know. Yeah. Um, people say they go about nine days. With a check engine Nine on. days. Yeah, and we mostly want, you know, we just, we convince ourselves that it is something like the gas cap, right? Because right, we don't yeah. want, because we just see dollar signs when we, uh, for sure, when we see that engine light come on. But yeah, people will actually go about nine days. They check up on that. Well, so. and that's, that's where having, you know, a mechanic that you trust mm-hmm. is so huge because it is, it's so vague, right? Check the engine. Yep. Could be bloody anything from, you know, some sensor, electrical, whatever the hell it may be to, to absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, you're you're right about that. In life, a, a mechanic that you trust is huge. You got to have a few things. Like you got to have a great mechanic that you trust. I would say a, an accountant you trust, a lawyer you you think is on your side, a good massage therapist, <laughs> the, the rub and tug kind. Let's talk peanut butter, shall we? Peanut butter lovers' day is next Monday. Okay. And you know, I'm uh, I'm one with peanut butter where I won't have it for a very long time for whatever reason. I just forget about it. I don't think about it. But recently, I made myself a peanut butter and jam toasted sandwich. It was out of the world. It was so tasty. <laughs> I declared to the lovely Maria, "That's it. That's my weekend breakfast from now on." Really? Oh, PB and J. So good. Yeah, you get just a full load of peanut butter on one piece of toast and load up the jam on the other, smash them together, and it's heaven on a plate. Uh, you sound like you're going into your Elvis face. Oh, it's perfect. I'm going to fry it. Yep, it'll be excellent. <laughs> Anyhow, people were asked if they prefer creamy or crunchy. Okay. And I've always been a fan for the crunchy, but nobody else in my house likes it, so I've had to stick with the creamy, which I'm fine, but I prefer the crunchy. You? Uh, I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, you know, every now and then, but, uh, but Evan is the, uh, is the peanut butter crazy in our household yeah. and he goes through the creamy like crazy. Yeah. It is a tasty little treat. Now people get so passionate about their preference that some say it would be a deal breaker if the person they were dating was on the opposite side of the creamy crunchy debate. Wow. Not mm. just the peanut butter thing, but even consistency. Yeah. Would a, a deal breaker? A deal breaker. Are we, get, are we not getting a little offside in our, on how picky we are about choosing a partner? Yeah. If a deal breaker is creamy or crunchy peanut butter? Yeah, I'd say you're probably not really in love. <laughs> that's gonna... Plus, the great thing about peanut butter is it's one of the all-time great food things that you can take into the bedroom. Well, I, I was going to say, if, if it's, that might be a, a relationship deal breaker if it's, you know, spread it onto private parts. But <laughs> my goodness. Like if you had to use uh, the peanut butter yet to get any pills into Coop? That's always <laughs> no, a, that's I haven't a, had to yet. Well, that's what we had to do with Murphy. It's so funny, too. To watch a dog after it's eaten peanut butter. It's just the tongue is out of control. It can't stop licking its face. 
It looks like my O face. <laughs> what just happened? Why are you looking like a dog eating peanut butter? I don't know. <laughs> it's all I do. Uh, people who like creamy peanut butter are more likely to describe themselves as early birds and introverts. Okay. Crunchy fans are more likely to be night owls and extroverts. And slightly more likely to say they're optimistic. Mm. So this coming Monday is uh, Peanut Butter Lover's Day. Smear it on yourself. Go Flames go. Go Stampeders go. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready in case I got to race to Alberta to get my All vaccine right. shot. Gotcha. Go, go Flames go. Love the Saddle Dome. Great place. <laughs> is Whistler in Alberta or BC? That's BC. Oh, okay. Hate Whistler. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> Yay, Lake Louise. That's right. Got to race to the border and get to Alberta and get me a shot because uh, we're running behind. Ontario is anyhow behind Alberta, or at least they're set up and getting ready to hand out the doses. And we're here in by mid-March, anybody over 85. And, you know, if you're 85, every day counts. Like if I was over 85, I'd be like, I might not be here mid-March. Yeah. I want my shot now. Well, it's, it's not just that, too, because it pushes everything back, right? Yeah. Over 80 in mid-March, over 70 down in April now, over 60 in May. And, and, you know, these are all not only vulnerable groups, but you're right. There are, there are people who are, you know, maybe just entering retirement or just, uh, you know, looking at, you know, I don't want to call them serviceable years, but, the you know, you work so hard to have a couple of years where you can really enjoy things and still be yeah. healthy. Yep. And and you might really be missing out on that right now. Yeah, and I, I kind of wish that they took more of the uh, the health of individuals into uh, consideration in that, say, a guy or a girl who's in their 40s, but they got diabetes or overweight, whatever it is, they got some breathing issues. You know, I would like to see them you know, kind of move up the list because they're still at risk. I like, I know a lot of, uh, I don't know a lot, but I know there are people who are in their 70s and 80s who are healthier than some people in their 40s, mm. you know. Uh, there was a story of the woman in, uh, I think it was England, 105 or something. She she beat COVID, although she says it's because she lived this long because she prays and uh, never eats fast food and uh, dines on gin-soaked raisins every day. Well, that's no life. No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want that. I don't want the gin or the raisins. You think at that age you'd end up choking on one of them. Anyhow, we'll uh, we'll wait and see. And who knows if this vaccine, they say, you know, for uh, people over 80, uh, mid-March, that'll probably get pushed back. It always does. It seems everything has got a timeline, and then there's some problem. Well, there's just, listen, the frustrations are, are really at play here because, you know, Canada is behind on on vaccines and mm-hmm. vaccine uh, rollout and you know a great example of it is how much for you know for about 10 months we mocked people south of the border mm. right mocked the way the americans were handling the pandemic it yep. was, was a year ago this week that trump had tweeted that covid was under control in the states right right and then you know for a while you could look down and say wow well at least we're not them right 500,000 deaths and and you know, COVID rampant, anti-maskers uh, all over the place. And, you know, Canadians felt secure in that. Mm. And now you look at it and the U.S. are vaccinating a million people a day. Yeah. And, and you think, oh, my goodness, why can't we get this thing together and get people who want to get vaccinated into the spots yeah. and, and, and get it done? 
One, we can't get the vaccines here. And the fact that we don't produce them here is a massive issue with that. We've ordered them, but the orders aren't being fulfilled in time. Then once we get here, we have distribution delays and then delays in the system to get people in line. And this isn't going to be easy. I mean, you're talking about the 80-plus crowd. Setting up a website for them to book their appointment isn't necessarily that simple. And a website that's government-run, which means it probably won't work. (laughs) It'll crash. (laughs) It's funny, too, because, you know, you mentioned about how we don't make vaccines here. And I think it was in England where they were really smart in that early on they realized vaccines had to get made somewhere. And they started turning out uh, factories, uh, medicine facilities that could make the vaccine. They mm. were so far ahead of the curve. It's not like we don't have places that uh, that work with uh, with medicine and 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 and, and uh, supply medicine. So I, I yeah we we've dropped the ball in in so many areas. Well, and, so and behind on so much. And a lot of it, you know, yes, it, it does stem from the leadership, but underneath them is a whole yep. workload of bureaucracy that things have to go through yep. that just slow down the process. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good situation, uh, and we will uh, we will watch it unfold, and there will be arguments, and people will be upset because this person didn't get it when they should, or that person can't make their way up to the place where they got to go. People will want it to maybe at, at all uh, pharmacies like they're doing in the U.S. That's not going to happen. There's going to be central places, which, again, doesn't make a whole lot of sense when we're trying to spread people out. Mm. Why are we directing everybody into one building up at the college? Like, well, why can't? It's because you have to have the facility in order to store it. And to, and to you can't. It'd be easy to say just roll out and do it. You know, go to everybody's house and do it. But you mm. can't. It, it doesn't work that way. Go flames, go. <laughs> Here I come, Alberta. <laughs> Let's talk veggies, shall we? Excuses adults use for not eating their veggies. Of course, mostly we think it's about the kids who are always coming up with some excuses as to why they won't eat their veggies. But about three out of four adults uh, say that uh, they've uh, never really been able to get it together with the veggies. They don't hate them as much as they did when they were kids, but still find excuses to avoid them. Some of the reasons that adults uh, won't eat their vegetables. I don't like certain textures. I'm just a picky eater overall. I feel like I can never make them taste good. They always go bad before I can eat them. Mm-hmm. Not enough veggie options when I order takeout. Ah, who really orders? When I'm ordering takeout, it's all about the joy of the, you know, the comfort food. Yeah. yeah. I'm not ordering a broccoli salad. <laughs> well, or it's the meat. I, re- I really could care less about the side that they give me. <laughs> That's right. The options at restaurants just don't sound good. I, don't, I didn't like them as a child, so why would I like them now? I don't know how to cook them. I don't have access to good fresh vegetables. Where do you live, on a mountaintop? <laughs> I was forced to eat them as a child, so now I won't. Our favorite veggies as adults, broccoli, spinach, and asparagus. Mm-hmm. I, it, funny, though, because I, you know, those specifically I hated as a kid. Mm. Right? And, uh, and, and part of it was just the preparation was a lot different. Oh yeah, this get boiled. It boiled to uh to a pulp almost. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like like when you couldn't tell asparagus from spaghetti. Mm. Uh, that's that was the issue. I think we're so spoiled too now. Like I, you know, I look back to how my mom cooked and and you know, we we I think she had about 7 dishes. You know, mm. she just rotated through those. She didn't have access. I guess there was cookbooks, but she 
you know, if she had a cookbook, she went through it, found whatever she could use and, and cooked with it. Nowadays, you just go online and how do I make broccoli? And there's a thousand different ways to cook broccoli. Right. right? All they knew was boil. Yeah. You know, it's, they had no real options or <laughs> ways of finding out other ways to cook it. Well, first, they had to boil the water to get it clean enough to cook with anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well just throw the veggies in there. I always just go with a veggie that's this, this e- easiest to prep. You know, broccoli is tough because you got to cut them all down and you got to make sure there's... Maria gets crazy because she always thinks there's like little worms or bugs in the florets. Oh, so really? She'll rinse them all. She'll soak them. She'll give them like a bath in a sink full of cold water and... Then I'm always cutting off. I just use the florets and get rid of the, the stem. Yeah. The, but she'll peel it all down and cook that. That's why asparagus is easy. You just chop off the ends. <laughs> in the pot, it goes for a little blanching. In the oven, cover it in cheese, and in the pie hole, it goes. A Hollywood waitress was asked to rate her celebrity customers. Hmm. And uh, so she rhymed off a few. Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendez were gorgeous and polite, she says, while Leslie Mann and Judd Apatow were rude. Oh. Lady Gaga, extremely nice and remembered everybody's name. Anna Ferris was kind, wonderful, and unbelievably nice. She said she met Keanu Reeves, and he was polite and humble and a great tipper. Drew Barrymore was super nice and a ray of sunshine. Drake brought so many security guards, and he ate a kale salad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll ask this, though. Uh, Is this all based on, like, single meetings of them or the regular customers? I I I don't know. I mean, like, you know, Leslie Mann and Judd Apatow could have been in the middle of some marital dust-up. Sure. (laughs) Not having a great day and, uh, you know, not... Not that that's you know licensed to treat people poorly, mm. but just might not have been in the mood for conversation. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, if, if Maria and I were in that big of a blow-up, I think the last thing we'd be doing is going into a public place like a restaurant right, and yes. playing nice. Or sometimes we, you have one on the way in. We'd go home and solve this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the big blow-up you have just before company arrives. Yeah, I'll tell right. you another thing. <laughs> Hi! Can I take your coat? <laughs> Come on in. And you're just gritting your teeth the entire time. Uh, Bruce Springsteen pled guilty yesterday to drinking in a federal park, but charges of the drunk driving and reckless driving were dropped. Yeah, he paid, what, a $500 fine? Yeah. But they had to drunk dry, uh, drop the drunk driving. He, he blew .02. Yeah. So. Yeah, as I said, I'm that right now. <laughs> Jeep has reinstated his Super Bowl commercial. Oh, okay. Uh, Titans offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson tweeted that he's done with the team. You think, well, what the hell happened? Well, I guess they really offended him because uh, it was his birthday and the team didn't wish him happy birthday on social media. Wow. So that's why he's upset. Isaiah just turning 12, I guess. Charlize Theron was asked if she would ever do a, a remake of Die Hard as a lesbian. And that she'd have to go in and save her wife's life. And she says, sure. Sounds interesting. Okay. Yeah. As long as the check clears. For sure. Adam Sandler and Chris McDonald say they'd love to bring Happy and Shooter back for Happy Gilmore 2, where they renew their rivalry on the senior tour. Yeah. Well, you can't fight Bob Barker then, can you? No. You fight a kid instead. 
can fight what's his name? Who's the host of it now? Uh, Drew right? Carey. Yeah, fight Drew Carey. Yeah, I don't know if Drew Carey's getting out of bed for that. He barely looks like he's getting out of bed for the prices right these days. Although I will say, when they were doing that 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore last week, they were putting out tweets about you know a celebrity match mm. that it was what like Shooter and uh, Shooter and Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson and Happy Gilmore. Which that match isn't happening anytime soon. Well, speaking of tigers, so yesterday I wake up from my nap and I turn on the TV and I'm just kind of walking in front of the TV and the scroll's going by and I see Tiger Woods and amputated. And I'm like, oh no, he lost his leg. Now I can't make fun of the guy. (laughs) Can't make fun of an amputation for crying out loud. (laughs) But we would. Because I, uh, well, I would, sure. Yeah. Um... Actually, I, I did find out in the news yesterday that the reason he was speeding is because he was on his way to Perkins. He didn't want to miss breakfast. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so he, uh, it was, the leg wasn't amputated. But they said, I guess, that it was so mangled that he might have lost the leg. It was at risk for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just like, oh, for crying out loud. Because, you know, you feel bad. Right. Had he died, of course, you can't make jokes. If he loses a leg, you can't make jokes. I was like, oh, for crying out loud, here we go. Now I can't make any more tiger jokes. <laughs> but he saved the leg, so we'll carry on. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.